How bad must it be getting when two of the biggest, most well-known bond bears are no longer bearish on bonds, instead suddenly becoming highly bearish on the economy? Now, Bill Ackman, as you might remember, early in August, he put out on Twitter, or what used to be known as Twitter, the idea that he was going to short the hell out of the long bond. And then remember, not long after it, the next, very next 30-year U.S. Treasury bond sale, that was the one that kicked off the media firestorm about too many treasuries. Supposedly, it was a bad auction when it was anything but. But Ackman has been short U.S. Treasuries, particularly long-term, for pretty much the entire time up until yesterday. Also taking again to Twitter, or X, Ackman said, there is too much risk in the world to remain short bonds at current long-term rates. And you'll notice that Ackman's tweets, they almost exactly match what we call the September effect. So the September effect is usually the beginning of August, goes into September, and lasts until the middle part of October. And if we're using last, last year's September effect as a guide, that was August 1st to October 20th, almost exactly what uh, Ackman's short uh, ended up being. And that's not likely a coincidence because a guy like Ackman is probably going to be very familiar with the September effect, whether he calls it that or not or has an explanation for it, understanding that long-term yields rise for, ver for whatever reasons throughout August, September into the middle October. I don't think that one's coincidence. And once the September effect is over, it's back to fundamentals. And ironically, those fundamentals suddenly align against what Bill Gross is usually known for, the so-called bond king. Also yesterday, coming out with a pair of X's or tweets, whatever you want to call them, suggesting that he is no longer bearish on bonds. In fact, he even said he's going to go long interest rate futures. Here's what Gross said. Regional bank carnage and recent rise in auto delinquencies to long-term historical highs indicate U.S. economy slowing significantly. Recession in fourth quarter. On bonds, invest in the curve. Various combinations, 210, 25, should go positive before year end. I'm buying SOFR futures. Higher for longer is yesterday's mantra. And it's interesting he mentioned the two-year because we've been mentioning the two-year all along too. There's fundamental indications in the two-year treasury that don't, we're necessarily being picked up in the long-term backup in rates. Again, the September effect. And once the September effect wears off, we have to look at the economic as well as monetary fundamentals, which I've been talking about in recent videos, which don't look good, big, big warning in interest rate swaps and elsewhere. So Gross and Ackman are suddenly very concerned about not just the U.S. economy, Ackman specifically mentioned the global economy, and with the data we got today, it's not difficult to see why. Again, in light of all of the market warnings that we've been getting, let's do a macroeconomic roundup and see why the bond bears are no longer bearish on bonds, they're bearish on the world. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. Eurodollar University has memberships and subscriptions available. The subscriptions include something called the Daily Briefing. And as the Daily Briefing's name implies, every day you will be briefed on macroeconomic news as well as market developments. The three most important macroeconomic statistics that are coming out that day, as well as my interpretation of what, what, what they mean, along with 
usually a page of summary, something specific, something something big that's going on in the marketplace, whether it be commodities or mostly interest rates, forward interest rates, curve changes, that sort of thing. That's what the daily briefing will give you. And you can check out the information for it at our website, which is eurodollar.university. Suddenly, Ackman and Gross are bearish on the economy. Well, I don't think it's suddenly. I think they were riding their shorts in the bond market for a variety of reasons, uh, including some of the, maybe they believe what they were talking about beforehand. But again, the September effect, it's, it's not likely coincidence that Ackman is opened and, sh and closing his short based almost exactly on that specific timing. And as I said before, now we're back into fundamentals about not just the U.S. economy, but the global economy, too. Because the U.S. economy, ever since 2008, that, key, that seems to be one that's pulling up the rear. As other parts of the world, other parts of the global economy, continue to fall further into recession in these specific cases, such as like we're experiencing right now, the U.S. is following along afterward. And as we'll see in the PMI data, that seems to be the repeating pattern this time, too. We'll start out with the United States, S&P Global's PMI for the U.S. economy, which were slightly better than they had been in September, and September's were not all that great to begin with. The manufacturing PMI for the U.S. in, in October, this is the flash reading, right at 50, 50.0. That's up very fractionally from uh, September's 49.8. Services, 50.9. That's up a little bit from the 50.1 in September. That put the, the composite, which is a composite mostly about output, the composite number 51.0 compared to 50.2. So slightly higher in October than September. In September, you remember, the manufacturing had been improving a little bit, but services had been slowing down. We get this sort of, not quite mixed message, but we have the slowdown through summertime that into early autumn, the slowdown slowed down somewhat. It's not like manufacturing is suddenly booming again or even, even indicated to be growing again. And services continue to be weak because even a 50.9, though that's up 0, 0.8 points from September, 50.9 is a recession type number for the services PMI. In the comments made by S&P Global, they show you exactly what I mean. Although some service providers highlighted a pickup in customer numbers, many continue to note that high interest rates and challenging economic conditions, a euphemism for recession, weighed on client demand. Some mentioned smaller and less frequent orders being placed by customers. As such, Service sector new business fell for a third month running, albeit at a softer pace than seen in September. And services, as we've been talking about, is the one that's going to make or break the economy. Manufacturing has been stuck in the inventory cycle for well over a year. That doesn't seem to be changing in either direction. It isn't getting worse for now, but it also isn't getting better. Companies are not, retailers in particular, and wholesalers, they're not building up inventories. They're not ordering a lot of new products. So manufacturing, that's stuck in a slump. And so everything, the whole soft landing is being bet on services, but services we're beginning to see again, the rolling over after the disinflation mini boomlet in the middle part of the year where consumers came out, spent a little more, especially on services as consumer prices and price pressures overall diminished. That mini boomlet, for lack of a better term, that rolled over in the summertime. We see this pattern repeated all throughout the economic data where 
Big downturn to end last year and to start this year, the disinflation rebound in the middle part, and then summertime starting to roll over into what looks to be not the soft landing scenario, if these numbers are anything to go by. But again, keep in mind, the U.S. economy is the furthest back from the pack heading into this renewed recession pressures. And that includes more disinflation. Despite oil prices rising precipitously August, September, and staying high again in October, according to S&P Global's number, price pressures are diminishing, which is not a good sign. As they said, meanwhile, inflationary pressures softened. Cost burdens rose at the slowest pace for three years, with firms moderating hikes and selling prices at the same time. The rate of charge inflation eased to the weakest since June of 2020 and was slower than the long-run series average. So continued disinflation, but why? Because, as Ackman and Gross are noting, the economy is rolling over too. We just can't see it as clearly in the U.S., you go outside the U.S., though, and it is absolutely, absolutely very clear. We'll start with Europe as a whole. Again, PMI numbers, flash readings from S&P Global, the month of October 2023. The services number for Europe, 47.8. That is a 32-month low, and it is down from 48.7 in September. Manufacturing retreated to 43.0 compared to 43.4. That was just a three-month low. But again, manufacturing around the world has been stuck in the down part of the inventory cycle for quite a long time. And it just continues to contract and contract and contract, especially in Europe. The composite for Europe, 46.5. That's a 35-month low down from 47.2. And the comment here from S&P Global, I think, says it all. The Eurozone economic downturn accelerated at the start of the fourth quarter, according to provisional PMI survey data for October, with private sector output declining at the steepest rate for over a decade if pandemic-affected months are excluded. New orders also fell at an accelerating rate, pointing, pointing to a worsening demand environment for both goods and services. And here's the big one, the real recession stuff. Companies cut employment as a result, re representing the first drop in headcount since the lockdowns of early 2021, and remain focused on cost-cutting inventory management. So services providers, businesses falling off, manufacturing stuck in the inventory cycle, and the business overall climate has gotten to the point where in Europe, companies are no longer willing to hoard workers. It's now they're starting to move toward cost-cutting, toward layoffs, toward the stuff that we normally associate with outright recession. So again, what are Ackman and Gross looking at when they're becoming more bearish on the economy than bonds? This would be a prime example. And it goes further. Despite some upward pressure on costs from higher oil prices, the rate of inflation for goods and services moderated slightly in October, down to its lowest since February 2021. An ongoing sharp fall in manufacturing selling prices was accompanied by a moderation in service sector selling price inflation, which, again, would be good news if this wasn't accompanied by the demand destruction that, we, that Europe has especially been dealing with since last year. So falling, moderating price pressures, not a good sign. Again, Europe further along than the U.S., though we see the same signals in the U.S., we're just further behind here than Europe. And when you look at the big economies in Europe, it's not hard to see why the Europeans are struggling so badly. 
Not just Germany, though we'll go for Germany first, also the French economy. S&P Global had this to say about Germany. Companies once again reported falling backlogs of work in October, manufacturing as well as services. After reaching the fastest for over three years in September, the rate of depletion did, however, slow for the first time in seven months and in both monitored sectors. Still, easing business capacity pressures resulted in a broad-based reduction in employment at the start of the fourth quarter. Again, you see the same problems that we've been talking about coming slowly and slowly and slowly around the world. And that is, without new business coming in and companies not willing yet to cut their headcounts, that meant they could only work through the orders they had been received. But new orders kept contracting, which meant backlogs continued to diminish. And at some point, businesses would have to make a decision. Will they continue to wait for a rebound in recovery in the general economic condition, or would they make the decision they don't want to make, which is to go the fullest extent into recession and start reducing headcounts? We've seen that happen more and more across Europe. And again, the U.S., that's our future. So once more, Ackman and Gross, you can understand the position that they're taking. After the September effect wears off in bonds, it's all about global, not just local, fundamentals. And the balance of global fundamentals are as ugly as these numbers. To give you the numbers for Germany, the services PMI fell to 48 48 flat from 50.3 in September. So big downturn in services, an accelerating downturn in a bellwether leading economy. Manufacturing actually improved, if you want to call it that, for I think the fourth month running or third or fourth month running. Manufacturing was 40.7, up from 39.6. Of course, 40.7 versus 39.6, there is no difference there. That's solidly recession territory. That meant Germany's composite number 45.8 in October, down from 46.4. Solid recession, and we haven't even seen the worst of it. The worst of it comes, the final stage comes, when the employment market breaks. And that's the numbers that we're getting across Germany, and as well as in France. Let's talk about France real quick here. In France, their services PMI actually rebounded to 46.1, though from 44.4. Manufacturing had been 44.2 in September. That came in weaker at 42.6. That is a 41-month low for the French. The composite, that one rebounded because services did, but at 44.1 in September, that had been a 34-month low. So rebounding to 45.3 from 44.1, solidly recession. And I would say that's continuing the downturn acceleration into the second part of the year. So the French economy, the German economy, the European economy as a whole dragged not into recovery, but down into worsening recession. Europe is hardly alone. We see this weakness, especially in the services sector all throughout the world. One final one, let's talk about Japan, because Japan is the, the, the economy, the country, the place in the world out of all of these, which people are thinking it is actually booming, that the Bank of Japan, of all central banks, is going to have to force itself out of its zero interest rate policy for the first time since 2006. They're going to have to raise rates because consumer prices are too high, and Japan's economy just won't be stopped, except at least according to S&P Global, or actually Jaibun Banks, 
PMI figures, the preliminary figures for October, it looks like Japan is starting to be pulled down into the globally synchronized recession along with everyone else. Manufacturing number in Japan, that was 48.5 for the second straight month. That's not, the, that's not a good figure. Again, global trade recession weighing on Japan. Whatever positive internals from delayed reopening, those seem to be leaving Japan Inc. to deal with, again, the global trade recession. Services, again, this is the big one. We see this all throughout the global economy. Services, according to the Japanese numbers, 51.1 in October. That's down sharply from 53.8 in September. And it had been 56 as far back, as recently as May. The composite, therefore, fell below 50 for the first time, I believe, this year. 49.9, suggesting the trend is not favorable to the Japanese economy. That's down from 52.1 in September. And let's go to the comments here. After having progressively lost growth momentum in the past month, the Japanese private sector economy saw its first fall in business activity since December 2022, albeit that was only marginal. This was primarily attributed to a sharper fall in manufacturing output, the quickest in eight months, global trade recession. Services activity, meanwhile, remained in expansion but grew at the weakest pace in the year to date amid reports of worsening economic conditions in October. So again, when you hear all of these comments from S&P Global all around the world, they basically say the same thing. They said it the best here in the Japanese version. Reports of worsening economic conditions in October, and in particular among service providers. So if the global economy was depending upon the services sector to maintain the soft landing, at least as a narrative, according to S&P's numbers, according to the markets, the major warnings we've been getting from them, the chances of that continuing to, to, to happen are dimming all the time, by the month and maybe, maybe even by the week. So services are weakening, economic numbers and sentiment and forward-looking indicators weakening. Two of the biggest bond bears known have thrown in the towel on their bearishness on bonds and have become full-throated bears on the global economy. And it's really not hard to see why when you consider everything all at once. The PMI data accelerating to the downside, market warnings, the fundamentals are going to be reasserting themselves over the final few weeks and months of 2023. And that does not look good. I went over the September effect in a recent video. And if you want to know a little bit more about what I was talking about, check it out at the link below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers, as well as all our Eurodollar University members, some of whom you see right next to me. And until next time, take care.